I remember being quite nervous to go and present, you know, a smaller end contract to a client in their living room on a Sunday morning, you know, and now it's just something that I can do with utmost confidence and walk in there and really be somebody that they're looking to invest in. And it really changes my perspective on what my career opportunities would be like from this point on is that I joke about with you and Pat, you know, you've ruined me, right? You've ruined me for the average reason. And it's that I don't think I would at this point be able to be satisfied with something we were describing where you're getting the same amount every two weeks and it's not an outcome economy. You're not getting out what you're putting in, right? So that to me now just so appealing. It's like, well, if I can learn a skill well and hone down on it and really prove to myself I'm doing it well, I can make... And, and be compensated accordingly. And that's really the, the goal. And it's, it's an intrinsic and extrinsic motivator. It's something that I think will really uh, help me with my career. And it also changed my perspective 100%. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. I'm super excited. We're changing the podcast order a little bit and we're interviewing one of our veteran operators, Austin Trudeau from Concordia University, working in Wakefield, Quebec, just on the other side of Ottawa in a rural turf. And uh, he had a very successful year this year. And he really talks about what it's like looking to literally double the size of his business his goal is to break the all-time record in the business and earn an you know, incredible amount of money for a university student and contribute an incredible amount of value to the economy and to the painters and the employees that will be working with them this coming season. And it really is fascinating in my mind just to see the level of maturity, the communication skills, and uh, just the enormous future that Austin Trudeau has, like so many of our amazing operators uh, who get developed in this program. So I hope you really love the interview and hearing from some of our amazing team members. Thanks so much. I'm so super excited today to be uh, having a conversation with one of our veteran operators. Uh, His name's Austin Trudeau. Uh, from Concordia University, working out of Ch- uh, Chelsea Wakefield in Ontario. Sorry, in, in Quebec, just on the other side of uh, Ottawa. So one of the really neat things I just wanted to share a start story and start with it was I remember last year I do top performer calls and I talk, call typically our top 20% of operators every week and just you know, talk to them and congratulate them, hear what they're doing. And, and one of the really amazing things was I was speaking with Austin one time and I guess I mentioned another operator's name and he went, oh yeah, I speak regularly and it, with, with that person. So Austin had set up an arrangement where he was talking to Devin Button from St. John's, Newfoundland and Amir, uh, one of our top operators from uh, the Kingsway in Etobicoke, and they were having a weekly, regular conference call. And I just thought, wow, is that ever amazing? And just what a commitment they had for learning, a commitment they had for sharing, commitment they had to develop their network. And uh, I know that relationship is is still been going on with Amir. So uh, what are you, you two usually talking about, Austin? And is it commiserating? Is it accountability? Is it learning? What's What, what parts? 
Yeah, I mean, on the most part, it's probably kind of giving each other peace of mind almost. Um, I remember speaking to my district manager, Pat, about this. And when you're running a bigger business, it's not like there's any shortage of issues that come up, right? If anything, there's more because you're scaling your business wider, right? So him and I kind of talk about the things that we run into that may be directly correlated to having a bigger business, but also that we need to move past quicker than anybody, right? So um, talking about, I was actually on the phone with him. We talk every Sunday night and we were talking about how ridiculous it is. Like, because we were a bit frustrated with the way a couple of our, our estimates had gone or a couple of the right. contracts we were trying to get, how, how those went. And Amir kindly took the time to remind me how crazy it is that we're booking up exterior work for the summer when there's literally like seven feet of snow on the ground. And the fact that people are even writing us deposit checks is absurd, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's just remembering the nature of the game and how, you know, what we're doing is quite, um, I guess you could say unique and also ambitious and just reminding ourselves that if we're going to try to do this at our age, uh, we need to kind of take things with context and understand that, well, so certain things just aren't going to go the way we think. And that's completely fine. It's just about how you're going to learn from that and do better. Right. So we, that's really the purpose of our calls is not trying to validate our mistakes or anything like that. It's really just to move on quickly and go, yeah, yeah, whatever, let's go, you know, next thing. So, yeah. Good. Well, I like that. And there's not a lot of value in validating our mistakes. No. And again, sometimes it feels good to go, oh, it's okay. I've been there, but, but you're right. Let's move on to action. Let's move on to, to, you know, framing things right, correctly. So, you know, when you think of you have been and continue to be, um, you know, a top performer in our business, you know, when you think about top performers, what are they doing differently? What sets them apart from the crowd? Huh. Well, I think it might be a couple different things. Some of which that come to me quickly are what I think I may have already mentioned along the lines of dealing immediately with problems when they arise. And that, that, by that, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in an estimate closing a deal, or if you're at a job site, or if you're managing a couple of your employees, there's always little red flags that can pop up, right? Somebody says to you, oh, okay, we're, we're working an extra two hours today. Oh, okay. And then a the client goes, oh, I didn't know it was going to be that much, all that stuff. And those things, like, it doesn't matter who says them. It's, I think for most people that are in this business, they know that's a red flag, right? Right. It's just, I find some people, because it's not direct, it's more of a passive or indirect comment. They don't deal with these things right away. And then the effect of them just accumulates and accumulates and accumulates. And it just turns into like this exponential thing that pops up in their business that they have no idea how it got there. Right. Like there's the story every, you know, every couple you hear with an operator or something that, oh, you know, my team quit. It's like, well, I'm really sorry about that. I just don't know the context of that. And I'm sure that something you may did or did not do had something to do with that. And of course, that's not something that's quite polite to say to somebody, but it, it it's probably close to the truth because there's no way that somebody just up and quit with zero, zero red flags waved, right? So right. something like that, I find that I remember you telling me with um, with another operator once, you're just like, yeah, he's just a problem solver. 
Like there's no, there's no delay between problem and solution. Like there's no, oh, poor me. It's just, this is a thing and let's figure out a solution. Uh, and it's just that mindset that's okay. Well, if there's a red flag, what, what are we going to do to fix that immediately? So it doesn't escalate. Right. Yeah. Combine that with a great sense of ambition and workmanship and a real drive towards creating something for yourself in terms of a fulfilling lifestyle and employment. And I think that's where you have your kind of top operator in my opinion. Yeah. I love that. love that. So ambition and you're right. People really want to, you know, create something in a world and contribute. And again, create something for themselves and, and whoever they're with in the future or whatever, however that looks, you know, obviously we have 18 to 24 year olds in, in our team. I love what you had to share. And I remember one of our veteran trainings is we actually had someone who said, yeah, all my painters quit one day. And I asked him, so what do you think about that? And he went, yeah, there were a lot of signs that I just, I just ignored. And then it's like, okay, great. And that's actually one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is, is that that does happen a lot of times for our first year operators is, is that it's like they don't see or they see it but it's like they don't know how to deal with it or they aren't dealing with it. And then, and then all of a sudden they come from where you are, Austin, you've had this really, really incredible summer. You did over $150,000 worth of work. You know, you had a very, very profitable and successful summer. And now you're sort of saying, Hey, how do I take it to this next level? So how do you see things differently now than, than you saw things after your first year? Well, I think it almost stems from the position I was in before my first year as an operator. I had the privilege of actually working as a painter in in the business. Mm -hmm. And I realized there that, you know, this job is something that is great to have as a painter. It's also extremely challenging, right? With the amount of labor and the amount of work, especially maybe it's unique to my area because it's a fairly rural turf, large houses. It's a a lot of full exterior work. But I remember feeling like there isn't enough tools or um, milestones in place for me in order to feel like I'm actually like really, really excited to go in and do this every day. And I feel like if somebody took more attention towards what I'm looking to do with my summer relative to my goals and personal life, this would be just the perfect job because at the end of the day, I loved doing it. Mm -hmm. So what I tried to do is with my team last year, is instead of taking, okay, well, you instead of taking one crew each week and being like, you guys did amazing work, here's this as a reward. I went, what am I going to give you this week as an award for achieving this? Okay. So, well, oh, well, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to take the next weekend off to go to my rugby tournament. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, what are we doing to do that? Right. How many... Can you get um, 40 hours worth of work done in three and a half, four days, right? And they're like, well, of course, because I'm, you know, obviously they're going to make a week's worth of pay in three and a half, four days. Right. And they get the weekend off. So it's just laying out these things very, very clearly. Because at the end of the day, I can go out and sell. And like, that's the easy part to me in the, in the, in the preseason is I can go sell the work for people. It's whether I have the people that are, well-trained enough and can represent the business well, that can go produce it well. That's, at the end of the day, is, is the most important thing to me, and I think it is for a lot of operators, is do you have the right people to represent you? And if they're not on board with you when it comes to how they're treated and how their goals are validated and, and stuff like that, it, there, there's something lacking each time. 
right? So it's how, how can I do this for you first and foremost? What can we do to get what you want done accomplished? And then using that as a motivation for themselves, right? Because I can't instill a really good intrinsic motivator with someone as much as they can, right? So it's getting them to identify that and allowing me to go, okay, well, what can I do to get you there? And then here you go. You just need to do this for me first. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's and it's really great seeing that really the limitation is the quality of the people. You know, at your age, seeing that that's really what it's about is how can I build and lead a team and develop a team and have aligned goals? You know, that's just so powerful. And I was speaking with a couple of my friends and, you know, they were asking me, Austin, you know, you hire students these days. You hire millennial students, right? And how is that compared to what you feel we were like at that age, right? And that's only like four or five years ago. And there's a massive difference. <laughs> People that you tell, hey, look, the harder you work, the more you'll make. As soon as they hear that, you'd be surprised about how many people go, oh, I'd rather just take the standard amount that's kind of lower to moderate and just keep that coming every week. And For sure. I can't wrap my head around why exactly that is. You know, it seems like somebody said, would you like to do something a whole lot better? And they go, no, <laughs> it, it just, I can't quite like wrap my head around the structure of it because it seems like it's, it's something that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Well, well, here's, here's what I see, Austin, is what I see is you're pushing your values. And those are actually one of our values is the results economy. And you're pushing that value and you're communicating that value powerfully to people in the recruiting process. And you're right. There are some people who say, no, I don't want to get paid what I'm worth. Just get, just pay me for my time. And to us, both of that, the, the coding there, the language is, well, really, I just want to do as little as possible to get paid. Yeah. You know, that's really what the thinking is where we want people who I want to do more and more so that I can earn more and more yeah. and I can be more efficient no, and I, get bigger bonuses from my customers and use every hour to the maximum. And that's what interests me. In the same breath, it's exactly that because I'm at the end of the day, I'm actually looking for some sort of elimination process, right? I want that person to have an answer like that, right? So it, it, it's when you don't hear that, it's almost better that you heard it at that stage, right? So, yeah. 100%. And so, Austin, what are your goals for the summer? What are you hoping to accomplish? So, my goals for the summer are to do $310,000 worth of work, uh, have five crews going full time uh, by the end of May to produce that work, and working directly with hopefully, I have one right now and I'm looking to hire another one, but a production manager that I communicate directly with. And to be honest, Chris, the main reason I came back this year was to increase my capacity for delegation. Last year, I ran a successful business, but I don't feel as though I was successful in delegating enough of my work. Yeah. And by having two production managers, I really want to work you know, directly with them and their crews in May and early June and teach them how to coach people so that I can communicate directly with them from that point on and, and kind of mainstream the communication process in my business. That is what I found was the one thing holding me back last year from starting a fourth crew as the only, as the person managing everyone, right. Was that I needed to be everywhere for a certain amount of time. Yeah. All the time. And it just was, it was something that I couldn't get past. And now I'm looking to, okay, well, 
I'm looking to delegate that responsibility to someone that I can trust as much as me. And that for me is a huge step. Right. So I'm really looking to challenge myself this year and, and do that. Well, no, that's awesome. And, and again, it's now really developing leadership. You know, you were developing yourself as a leader last year. Now you're looking to developing leaders, yes. which is so powerful, right? Could you have seen yourself, you know, I guess 18 months ago, you know, before you entered the program, could you see yourself where you are now looking to go and run a $310,000 business? Nowhere near. No. I remember being quite nervous to go and present, you know, a smaller end contract to a client in their living room on a Sunday morning, you know, and now it's just something that I can do with, with utmost confidence and walk in there and really be somebody that they're looking to invest in. and it really changes my perspective on what my career opportunities would be like from this point on is that I joke about with you and Pat, you know, you've ruined me, right? You've ruined <laughs> me for the average reason. Uh, and it's that I don't think I would at this point be able to be satisfied with something we were describing where you're getting the same amount every two weeks and it's not an outcome economy. You're not getting out what you're putting in. Right. So that to me now just so appealing. It's like, well, if I can learn a skill well and hone down on it and really prove to myself I'm doing it well, I can make and, and be compensated accordingly. And that's really the the goal. And it's it's an intrinsic and extrinsic motivator. It's something that I think will really uh help me with my career and it also changed my perspective hundred percent. Awesome. Awesome. So anything that you would like to share to our young leaders on the podcast? Yeah, I think that with this podcast, and this is something we spoke about before, Chris, is that with this podcast, I know some people listening think, well, okay, Chris interviews alumni that are very successful. He's starting to interview current operators, but what's the whole deal with this painting thing, right? Why painting? Right. And why when you're in university? And to, to people coming into the business, you can see it in their face, right? They're not ready. They're, they're nervous. And that's it's almost strange now, as I'm sure you can see at January training every year, you see these nervous kids and you can just see there's like, you guys are going to do millions of dollars worth of business this year and you have no idea. And that must be, no, it's, it's absolutely insane, right? It's crazy when you think about it. But at the end of the day, it's really coming down to this. And I think it's something that I identified actually only a couple weeks ago in terms of really communicating the value to some of my clients. So one of them told me, hey, Austin, you're up against somebody with 30 years experience. What do you have to say for yourself? Pretty much, right? Like you're 22. You've been doing this for three years. I get that you're experienced in your company, but you know, this guy has 30 years experience. What are you bringing to the table? And I said, well, I'm not bringing anything to the table when it comes to 30 years experience. My end goal is just it's like, couldn't be more different than my competition, right? Yes. And it's that I'm going to take the money that I make from this, from managing your job and making sure it's done perfectly. I'm going to take that money and I'm going to invest it in my education for the future. So not only am I allowing you to get your house painted, but I'm also saying, hey, why don't we just take all the money you're paying us as students and invest it into our education, covering our tuition, covering our living costs, paying off our student loans. Right. And what better, what better business structure is there to say to somebody, you're going to get what you want done. It's going to be done perfectly. And you're going to contribute to the, like the, the, the education of local students in your area. Absolutely. You actually communicate that to them and go, by the way, my goal in life isn't to run a painting business. It's to just mm-hmm. learn how to run a business inside and out. I haven't had one person tell me, 
well, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, wow, why isn't this more mainstreamed with other professions, right? Is that right? at the end of the day, painting isn't rocket science. It's, it can be difficult, but you can train people to do it well. And that's what I just wanted to say was, it's not necessarily about painting. It's just the idea that all of these people like myself in this business are just trying to learn how to perfect running a business. And with those skills, we take those elsewhere and, and, and really allow us to expand our career opportunity. And I think with this program, something it's taught me is just there's no limitation you could ever put on yourself. Well, that's just it, actually. The limitations yeah. are put onto you by yourself. So yourself. That's, that's really it. Yeah. No, that's great. One thing I, you know, you're speaking about rookie training. One thing we always love to share is, is that the person who enters rookie training is not the same person who comes to the banquet in any way whatsoever. There's just an unbelievable transformation of that person, you know, to actually achieve those millions and millions of dollars worth of business that we do every year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I love how you're again, sharing with uh, your customers really that again, yes, we're in the business of painting homes or window cleaning homes or cleaning homes, but really we're in the business of developing the next generation of great Canadian business leaders. And so when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind, Austin, as our final question? I think of somebody that is looking like, I don't see anybody succeeding in this business that doesn't come in here and go, how can I better myself? How can I learn more? And how can I, people that come into this thinking it's a job tend to not do as well. Somebody that understands the risks and understands, well, they're risks, right? And that's just what they are. And if I, and if I work hard enough at these things and, and really get really honed down on my skill set in order to run my business, they don't become, they, they're still risks, but they don't become as viable and as threatening. Right. And when it comes to the right leaders, it really just comes down to how can I take that model and apply it to people that I'm coaching to think the same way? So, I mean, people that I welcome into my business aren't people that are scared of working at contract work. They're not people that are questioning whether they're going to get paid. They're people that are thinking, well, I'm working for Austin this year. I can make X amount of dollars per week, but I have to put in X amount of percentage more effort. Am I ready right. to do that every day, every week, every month? And those risks then just become smaller variables in the equation towards making exactly what you want to make in a summer and perfecting the idea of an outcome economy where everybody that's on my team is working towards that mutual goal of, yeah, we're going to do X amount of dollars in business, but am I getting out what, am I getting out of Austin's business what I wanted to this year? And so when it comes to the leadership aspect of it, it's can these people that are working with you communicate that directly with you? Can somebody go, Austin, I'm not feeling this way today. I'm Austin. I feel like this isn't working out for me. The fact that they can reach out to me and just say that on an open playing field is something that I, I really value as a leader. Because if the people you're leading can't communicate with you directly as to how they feel, it's something that I think is a huge, would be a huge speed bump. It certainly is, right? You know, yeah. having strong, powerful communication skills. And I can see that that's something you've developed and are continuing to develop, Austin. So thank you for spending time with us today. Well, thank you, Chris. Of, yeah. of Tomorrow Podcast. And I really appreciate it. So that's awesome. So you have an awesome weekend. Thank you. Go book some work. I know you will. <laughs> you as well, Chris. Take care. Thank you. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Hey, leaders. We've got a ton more interviews like this one coming up in the next few weeks. 
So if you're listening and you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to Leaders of Tomorrow. If you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed or better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering what set these powerful business leaders apart from the crowd at such a young age.